And a very good morning to you. Welcome Breakfast with Pat and Heels on this Tuesday morning, the 6th of February. Our open line is open, 13 13 55. We'd love to hear from you on the text line, of course, is 0467 736 736. And Heels, we come to you. Burbank Homes, they're joining us again. Mm. The builder you can trust. You can bank on Burbank Homes and Hyundai, the all-new Hyundai Kona in line. How was your Monday? Uh, it was a bit hot. It was a bit hot out there, wasn't it, <laughs> you yesterday? You think about that. <laughs> Ooh. Because um, I, I went to the cricket. I went to the middle session of the cricket. Not happy. At, at the Gabba. Uh, no, it was going all right. They they got um, their fourth wicket while I was there, and they bowled tight. Mm. They pinned the batsmen at each of their ends, like Wackham and uh, Silk were locked at one end each. Yep. And they, they couldn't get away, but uh, Silk was one that outlasted the Queenslanders. And then the tail came in, and you said after I'd left, they started to smack sixes, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, the, the, well, sort of the middle and the middle and tail started to go off. Well, even though I think we finished, they finished seven down, but they, yeah, a couple of sixes and fours, <laughs> and they got them quickly uh, towards the end. Well, it was very slow when I was there, hour and 20 or so. And uh, so I reckon the Queenslanders were bowling quite well. I'd have to talk to the coaches to know that they the batsmen seemed to be hitting a lot of balls, like having to play a lot. So mm. we're bowling quite straight. I, I thought we might take it away from them and let, let more go through to the keeper and they might get a little bit impatient. But uh, they kept playing them but not scoring. And, uh, yeah, we didn't get on top of them. So Queensland stay on the bottom of the shield ladder. Yeah. Tasmania right at the top. Yeah, actually, we're only one win from seven games. But, yeah, Jordan Silk with 84. He was the star. He got them home. But, yeah, like the last – so Webster, 28 or 41. Hope, 17 or 23. And uh, Mitchell Owen, 29 or 15 with three fours and a six. Yeah, he um, was the villain. Yeah, so they, they were the ones that got them over the line. Um, as Casper predicted yesterday, it was all pretty – Mundane yeah. stuff for India. They they got, didn't get within a hundred runs. But got to say, and still don't mind the baseball thing. They batted it better than four and over the Poms. Yeah. So they yeah, they they, they, go and have a, they go and have a crack, don't they? Yeah, they do, and they don't seem to mind. They they you know they'll come up with a mental a mentality that says, oh, that was a moral victory. Mm. We'll be right. We're, they they've gone on holidays now. The English side. They've gone, their families are all over in Dubai. So mm-hmm. over they go and they've given themselves another extra day because they lost well within five days, so oh, another <laughs> holiday. And and so they're over there getting away from cricket mm. and then they'll come back to Rajkot, I believe, to the third test and all refreshed thinking, yeah, we're going all right. So even though it's one down. I thought it was a great win by India. And I also toy, yesterday while I was watching a bit of it, I toyed with, you know, the home team loses the toss, right? So the away team can choose what they want to do at the toss, mm-hmm. right? Because the toss has such a big impact over there. You know, both yeah. sides who win the toss win the match. So, yeah, I've just got to they, – they do have to provide uh, some conditions that are more neutral in the first couple of days, I reckon. Yeah. Uh, but what a great win by India. Yeah, well, Palmer got nine wickets. Well, and so Bournemouth was classic. Spin did you friendly, hear, is it? No, did you hear him get interviewed? No. Nah. Oh yeah, he he, he said um, Harsha said to him, the the Yorker, you know, how much time do you practice it, and and how can you deliver it better than anyone in the world, swing it both ways? He said, I thought when I was a kid, that's the you know that's the only way you can get wickets. <laughs> so that's why I practiced it. As a kid, he's been practicing since he was a kid. And he played tennis ball leagues yeah. and he needed a Yorker for a start. But then he watched TV 
and he saw Wasim and Wacker and said, that, oh, that's how you get wickets with a Yorker. <laughs> that's how long he's been practising it, everyone. Um, but I, I think, so he was outstanding to listen to, uh, Boomerah, uh, and his bowling was incredible once again. But they, they've had to blood so many new players in India, and they won. Like Jayswell, uh, Shubman Gill returned to form. Um, Shreya Saia hasn't played that much. Um, they've got Rajapat Patadar. Uh, K.S. Barat, the wicketkeeper, filled in because of injury. Um, and Kuldeep comes into the side. And Makesh Kumar. Uh, There's four or five. That Kohli's are, about to come back. Yeah, well, they'd, they'd like him to walk back in any time you like, champ. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that that is great signs for Indian cricket that they hey, could come in with five newbies. Big show today, and I don't say that lightly because we've got a big man joining us, uh, our discus great and friend of the oh. show, Matty Denny. Actually, I think he's going to come into the studios. I today. know, we better get it ready. Yeah. Got me bag sitting on the chair here, I better get that off. Do we have to provide breakfast for her? Hope not. <laughs> It'll going to cost us a fortune. Um, so, yeah, look, we're, we're going to try and do that, Heels, as you know, the, the year unfolds. Just try and pick on a, a couple of our hopefuls for Paris. Mm. And just, you know, maybe one a week and just, you know, shine a spotlight on them because they do it tough. There's, you know, as I said yesterday, there's a, there's a lot of them out there. Oh, there's a few of them out there. Well, make, there should be about 450 cash. of them, isn't there? Yeah. Oh, yeah, a few that's... That yeah, but the others, are, you know, they've got to do it a little bit tough to follow their Olympic dream. And yes. I know that's a cliche and I know that, you know, you'll sit at home and say, well, look, that's that's their chosen. That's what they wanted to do in their life and, and, and excel at sports and get to the pinnacle and maybe win a gold medal or just represent their country, wear the green and gold in Paris. But um, I think it's it's up to us doing a sports show here in, in Queensland to shine a light on them. So we're going to start with Matty Denny today and uh, we're going to have him in the studio. Hey, All right, yeah, well, I, I looked at the Olympics. The Olympics are on the 26th of July. Mm. To the le- the eleventh of August. Mm-hmm. That's what we got to gear up to. We've yeah. had Tori Lewis on the phone last w- week. Yeah, she's got a bit more to do, hasn't she? Pace wise to to qualify. Well, she's a baby. Though. I mean, nineteen. She's 19 but we yeah. want her qualifying and getting the experience of the Olympics. Yeah, eleven oh seven. She's got to run. So she's got yeah. to find three one hundreds. But she's got some big meets coming up. This Murray Plant meet. Mm-hmm. Uh, which has now you know got a lot of credentials around. A lot of the internationals tend to sneak down to Australia. Is Murray Plant a man? Murray Plant was one of the great promoters, one of the great blokes. We sadly lost him uh, not all that long ago, but he had very, very influential in the careers of a lot of our athletes, including Cathy Freeman. They just loved him. And he helped promote the sport, did a lot for the uh, working for the BBC over the years Mm. uh, on their track and field coverage. So, yeah, just one of the great blokes and one of the great characters. And will it be track and field? The Murray Plant meet? Yeah, yeah. So Maddie would be there? Yeah, in in David Colbert's terms, field and track. Um, he likes to have it that way because he was a long jumper. But, yeah, yeah, it, it'll be – and there's quite a few internationals coming. Big international film. Matty will know all about it. Don't yes, worry. Yes, he will. Yeah. Hey, uh, the Brody Kostecki erebus saga just so works from one disaster. two Olympians. We've done one per week, hopefully Olympian mm. with Tori. So now we have to go on to the third. We'll go into the – we've done track and field. Mm. We're finished. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll move on. We'll what find, else do they have? Well, well, Hockey. We, the Hockey Roos. The Hockey Roos, yeah, got beaten by China overnight. So they're a little bit rusty, they said. Okay. What uh, are China like? Not oh, supposed Ch- to be that good. Well, China are pretty good, yeah. Yeah, but they're not as good as Netherlands and stuff like that, England. Mm, don't know. Mm. We can easily find out. They're coming good. 
Um, we're going to look, there's not a whole heap of people talking about this, this whole Kostecki affair. And uh, we're going to go back to the well. We're going to go back to uh, our great mate, um, Crusher at, at Speed Cafe, Brett, Brett Murray. He's the boss, the founder of Speed Cafe. They've been the ones breaking a lot of the stories around this. We know Kostecki's not going to be there for Bathurst. But uh, yeah, well, look, Bathurst this weekend, not Bathurst, Bathurst. No, the first, yeah, the yeah. opening race of the series, yes. yeah, and probably Bathurst. But <laughs> we we don't know, so we'll go back to Brett and see what the developments have been. But the, the developments um, that we know visibly are that sponsors are now trying to are not trying to are walking, mm. Shore and Partners, and and. They they're uh, so proud to be involved in such sports, yeah. aren't they? They're wonderful sponsors. Coca Cola, how how plastered were they on the Erebus livery? Well, they've been removed. Coke's been removed from the team's partners page. Stainless uh, steel. They yeah. look like stainless cars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way of looking at it. But um, the the other big one is this Southern Cross Truck Rentals SCTR. And uh, they've been heavily involved in not only, you know, partnering Kostecki himself, yes. but uh, the boss has been pretty critical of the way that Erebus and supercars have handled the situation. Yeah. Uh, did in, in did fact, you they, just did you just mention Boost Mobile? Were you talking Boost then? Or Southern Cross Trucks? Southern Cross Trucks. Yeah, righto. Well, Boost is another one, a personal sponsor of Kostecki, Peter yeah. Adderton. Now, I know That's Peter right, Adderton, and, and he and Matty's brother were good mates of Slats and... Oh, we went skiing with him once. Yeah. So we we can try to dig up Pete if this thing doesn't get resolved. Yeah, he's the personal sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, Anyway, we're going to go, we're going to tap into Brett Murray again and just see where it's headed because, you know, obviously the, and and this was on the day that supercars wanted the positive publicity with all the Queensland teams out of Queensland Raceway doing their full workout. Yes. You know, they had a shakedown day the day a few weeks, a week so. But, you know, they're all out there. Yes. I see Anton Di Pasquale was on on Seven News last night just saying, look, I know Brody well. I've actually had dinner with him. And he said, I'm hoping that, you know, this conflict can be fixed somehow. But, yeah, just reading between the lines, it doesn't read well, does it? No. Doesn't. Um, and I wonder how DJR, my team, went yesterday in their testing. Well, the old bloke, I, I saw Dickie interviewed on the news last night. He was yeah. pretty happy. He said he? All, all we wanted was a level playing field. And, and he, said, he said, I think we've got it. Okay, good. Mm. It's surprising he wasn't over there, actually. Didn't go over to clear sheer water or whatever they went went to. Because mm. he would have been right. a nice little look yeah. for them. It couldn't be bothered. <laughs> Well, it was very interesting the the filming of that um, the yeah. testing the wind tunnel testing, and we're we're going to go to the Suns. I know you've got a, a little inside info on the Suns. You play golf with one of their players every now and again, don't you? Oh yes, he's the son-in-law of Adam Dale. Yeah, um, uh, Braden Fiorini. Uh, they just didn't want to go to a break. They did not yeah, want to go that. to uh, Christmas uh, uh, return home. So they're enjoying themselves. Expect big things of the, the Suns this year. Under the new coach. Yep. Well, yep. we've got Will Powell, who's had a tough run with injury. He had that awful ankle injury last year. He's going to join us. We'll have Kelly Schweder, who's uh, enjoying a, a really good time with uh, in the training ranks at the moment. Mm. And he's also the boss of young CJ Graham. So right he's on. her master. Yes. And I reckon he'll have a fair rap. He's got a good horse going to uh, a big race, a $2 million race at the, on Saturday at Sydney. Great one. Um, El Morzillo. Yeah. Mm. So anyway, 
He reckons he's not going to win sitting in its box at Eagle Farm. <laughs> yeah, he's quite well. That's well, that's a familiar quote. Yeah, yeah. they're not going to win a race while they're sitting at home eating hay. Is that convincing the owners <laughs> that it's worth it? The oh, cost, no. the hey, cost of taking a, it to Sydney. He's one of our most underrated trainers, mm. Kelly Sweeter. And great uh, bloke. Loves his footy. Loves yeah. the Bronx. Loves Alf. Yes, right. <laughs> how? How? You know. How many horses would he have? How many boxes would he have? If Tony Godwin's got 100, how many do you think Kelly might have? Oh, he'd have quite Farm? a few. He's based at Eagle Farm like and that 50? main trade. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Yeah, I'll okay. have to check. Yeah, yeah, we'll ask him. Yeah. Uh, it's just gone seven, uh, 6 16. Vanessa's walking in. Of course, things haven't been great around Brizzy with this this awful murder, uh, but police uh, have moved and they've moved pretty decisively in the last 24 hours. They absolutely have. So five teenagers have now been charged over that fatal stabbing of Violene White at Red Bank Plains on Saturday night. Now, one of those charges is a murder charge and that's been laid against a 16-year-old boy mm. who will face the Ipswich Children's Court today. Um yeah, it's just, it's quite confronting, isn't it, when you mm. just think about a, a teenager kid, with yeah. the ability to to carry out something like this. Now, there have also, as I said, he's one of five charged. The other four, they're all facing charges of unlawful use of a motor vehicle. So that is related to uh, Violin White's um, car being stolen and dumped nearby, allegedly. Uh, So those four will all face the children's court today. A 15-year-old did face court yesterday. Uh, A lot of those details were suppressed to the media, but uh, that a teenager was was released on bail to face court again later this month. So, yeah, with the, I'm sure plenty of eyes will be on the proceedings today to see what unfolds. Uh, Curry Mail also reporting whether the group stole alcohol in the lead-up to mm. the incident and drank it in an abandoned house. So they're just piecing together all that CCTV and information from the public. But yeah, I mean, there'll be massive applications from the media today yeah. to get access to the children's court, which yeah. is never easy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's welfare issues at stake here, so we, I'm not going to make comment on that, but uh, massive interest in it. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you've got to just give huge plaudits to the police. Yeah. Hopefully they've caught the right people. You're right, and, yes. And uh, the justice system will unfold. Moving quickly and mm. taking action. Now, also huge news this yeah, morning out of the UK with King Charles diagnosed with cancer. Now, we were following pretty closely in the last couple of weeks his enlarged prostate treatment. Now, while he was in hospital getting that treatment, uh, they ran some other tests, noticed a bit of another issue, ran some tests. It's been confirmed as cancer, although the palace hasn't confirmed what type of cancer it is or kind of the severity of that. Um, so it, they say it's not related to his prostate. Uh, but um, the king it will obviously be, he has already started treatment. In the statement, Buckingham Palace says his majesty has chosen to share his diagnosis to prevent speculation and in the hope it may assist public understanding for all of those around the world affected by cancer. Word is Prince Harry will travel to the UK to see his father in the coming days and he wants to continue official duties behind the scenes although he will postpone his public facing duties uh, while he undergoes the treatment so really says, good news amongst well, us have we got something, <laughs> we got something bright do, to finish us off I do oh. a quick wrap up of the Grammys <laughs> yesterday of course well, um, now, Hank, can I interrupt very quickly Hills you always have a crack at me about the 
uh, what they're dressing I in. I just have a question for you. Well, I'll tell you that Miley Cyrus had five outfit changes yesterday. <laughs> right, eh? From something what? that re- resembled chain mail <laughs> to start yes. off to, right. yeah. Uh, <laughs> to what? I've tried everything. Well, she's had five yeah, outfits. Well, she started pretty good there. She resembled chain mail. <laughs> well, I read something about everything a little else. bustier thing and a gladiator's type <laughs> outfit. I don't know. I had the lot. I don't know what colours. I thought you'd read a bit more carefully than that. Mm-hmm. Knowing, was knowing what was coming. She was. What did Miley Cyrus do in her speech? Um, oh, I don't know. Mm, forgot something. Didn't talk about the family too much. There's a bit okay. of a feud what? going on there. Billy Ray's unhappy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah no, no mention of dad. That's oh, exactly right. Yeah, no mention of Billy yeah. Ray. So you've gone <laughs> overboard with your fashion and forgot the content. No, yeah. but I had read that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Colour? <laughs> oh, anyway. What did Tay-Tay do? What did Tay-Tay do for the Tay-Tay second time? Tay-Tay won everything and then announced that she is going to yes, release right. a new album. Correct, <laughs> yes. Everyone was Look very happy go. with that. You are up with pop culture. What colour was Kylie wearing? Red, yeah, yes. and she danced around in her uh, in her robe because she got the news early that she'd won the yep the the padam padam or whatever it's called yeah <laughs> something like that <laughs> yeah no record breaking for Taylor actually wasn't it with her fourth Grammy for uh, album of the year so that's pretty impressive she's mm. in some pretty elite company having won three already um, but yeah Miley Cyrus was a winner as well she got record of the year um, song of the year was pretty hotly contested because Taylor was in that category. Um, uh, Miley Cyrus was in that category, Dua Lipa as well, but it was actually won by Billie Eilish. Just something you paid for. What was I made for? Of course, that song made popular by Barbie, Barbie. the movie. What an upbeat number. Look at me, Contemplative. I knew I'd be quizzed today, so I, I sort of paid particular attention. <laughs> Good luck. Well done, uh, Patty. Luke Combs with his yeah, duet. He did a duet, didn't he? Yes. Mm-hmm. What about it? Fast mm-hmm. Cars. Yeah, good. Mm-hmm. Who was he duetting with? Don uh, <laughs> Armitrader. <laughs> when? At the Grammys. Oh. Very good. What about, um, I said mm. I must ask uh, Vanessa this. Mm. Tomorrow. What's the difference between a record of the year and an album of the year? I was actually looking at that. I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, the record is know. just one song. Is the, it? The album is the well, whole compilation. Well, why yeah. No, but then what's the difference between song of the year? Well, song of the year and, and album, album. Yeah, we've got to go. We've, we've got to go to a break. But okay. I mean, record I would have thought. A record. a record used to be an album, didn't it? No, I would have thought that would be fairly clear. I will get back to this. Oh. <laughs> And uh, we're chatting racing as usual at around about this time every day, Hills. And we've got one of our faves, Kelly Sweeter, is joining us, and he's about to venture to Sydney with his grey El Mozillo, which I think, Cal, means the black one. Is that right? You're talking to me? I am talking to you. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't got a clue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, an uneducated, I'm an uneducated horse trainer. Give me a break. Where'd you get that from, Patty? <laughs> I just had a look at it up now. Well, they said Kelly's on the line. I think I'll just have a look what El Mozillo means, and I think it means the black one. Well, well, there we go. That's a brilliant start to the interview, isn't it, mate? <laughs> <laughs> How you going, boys? Oh, I'm good, mate. Hey, just quickly, we'll get on to this, week, uh, this race at the weekend, but... We've had yep. CJ Graham on a couple of times. We know you're her master. Boy, oh, boy, you've got to be impressed with her. Isn't she just a, a yes. wonderful young jockey? Yeah, she is. She speaks well. She lives and breathes racing. Good family background. No, she's a 
And, and Kelly, you'd have a great eye eye for a jockey. What are her strong traits? Uh, she speaks well. And as I say, she lives and breathes racing, talks to owners really well, never stops working. Yeah. And she makes her, she makes her own luck, you know. Um, she, um, you know, she'll, she'll be here every day. She won't miss a day. She's always ringing up after the races, wanting to know what she's done wrong. She's her own worst critic. She's light. Yes. Just loves racing. Now, well, she's sitting on 40 wins, and she's only third behind you know, a couple of trumps in Ormond and Thompson. So she's going beautifully this year. So, mate, how do you, how do you guide them through? Can you give our listeners an insight on, on what you do for, for a young jockey? Well... You know, she's obviously learnt to ride through her parents. Um, good masters she's had before, Jenny Graham, Snowden, I think there was one other. She's had a lot of injuries. She's broke her back. She's broke her wrist twice. Um, look, we just, she's got good work ethic, so she's got to go out and ride for a lot of other trainers, the mm. right trainers. She's got a good um, manager that manages her, gets her rides. She's light. We just We just talk about... I suppose trying to handle a bit of stress, you know, it's no, and, and they get a lot of stress or pressure, I don't know about stress, but pressure. Um, so, you know, she's riding a lot of favourites. She's riding for some big stables, the Wallers, Gollums, Munsters, Heathcoats. So she, she's got to learn to handle, handle riding, you know, four or five favourites. I say to us, no good having no pressure if you're riding 10, 100 to one pops and you might fluke a winner, you know, you'd soon be riding six favourites. So she just, I suppose we just talk about those sort of things and she just got to try and forget it. If she has a bad ride in race one, don't let that buggy you for the rest of the day. Just little things, but she's quite easy to handle. Mm. Um, but I, I would think they're some of the main points we go through, you know. Okay. And, and it doesn't matter, you know. She, you, you can't get the shits with anyone. You've got to just keep fronting up. She has a bad ride and she gets a bit of a spray. She's got to front up the next morning and, and just cop it, you know. Yeah. Um, I, we just tell her, she, you know, listen to everybody, take notice of you. That's what I was taught when I was a kid. Yeah, okay. She's, <laughs> not, she's not letting anyone down. That's unreal. Um, and your yeah. your beginnings, would you would you have classed yourself as a reluctant trainer? You, you're in Townsville. You finally won a premiership that brought you to Brisbane. Then you've had time in Singapore. And you, you just kept going from triumph to triumph, which took you to the next step. Yeah, look, when I was in Townsville, I, I won the premiership there, but, premiership, but you'd, you'd wake up every morning and say, look, I hope I get a good horse, but not too good, otherwise I'll lose it to Brisbane. I mean, that just defeated the purpose in my value. Yeah. So we just come down here and give it a go, and, and, and we've survived. It's it's a With all the satellite stables, it's just to survive and, and, and to live a reasonable lifestyle. I've met a lot of great people in this industry. I even met you one day. You probably don't remember. Yeah, Brecky Creek, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the Brecky Creek. And I had to ask Bursley. I said, I know that bloke's face, but I can't put it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember. He played 119 <laughs> tests. Hey, listen. Um, yeah, yeah, I knew I, his face. And didn't train any winners, mate. <laughs> uh, but I remember you telling me you had to Google me to see who I was. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Hey, just quickly, mate, you've got a pretty good one on this, with this El Morzillo and you're going to throw, have a throw at the stumps in a $2 million English millennium on the, on the weekend at Randwick. 
Yeah, 100%. Look, she's um, been good to us. She's black type plays. She, she won the other day. Been going good, and, and they don't have too many $2 million races sort of for these sort of horses. So we'll, we'll go down and try and earn a bit of that prize money. So um, great owners, and I'd love to, you know, run top three for them. And you've got Zach Lloyd on board, and you've got a great relationship with the Lloyds, who you've known them for a long time, famous racing family. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, no, Zach will do the job. A um, bit of rain in Sydney. I rang up today. It's pouring rain, and when I uh, rang this morning. Mm. So not sure whether that'll worry us. I'm grey. It normally helps grey. And I'm by star witness out of a schnitzel mare, so you don't know until you get there. I'm not sure it'll be wet Saturday, but there is a bit of rain, sort of 56% forecast all week. Uh, good stuff, all right, anyway, mate. You never know. Yeah, well, that's right. You've got to have a throw at the stumps. They're not going, as you said, they're not going to yeah. win. They're sitting home in their box. Hey, no, got it. No. Got to get to the news. You're having a great season. You're third uh, behind Gollum and Wallace. So you're going beautifully. Your your apprentice is yeah. going beautifully as well. And you've got a, a pretty good horse for for Saturday at Randwick. We'll be cheering, mate. Yeah. All right, guys. See ya. Thanks, Kelly. Kelly Sweeter there, uh, Racing Queensland. Uh, check it out uh, where where they're racing. But uh, remember, what are you gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Back page of the Courier, Ezra Mam reportedly. So no, no great shock. This has been in brewing for a while, obviously. It's good, you, though. Yeah, well, well, when you lose the likes of Capewell and Palisier and Farnworth and Fleg, you've got a few bucks to uh, spend. And they knew they had to do this. He's, he was on about a quarter of a million. So he's in for a massive upgrade. They're talking, you know, a three million deal over four years. So three quarters of a million a year. So he's had to triple his salary. Um, yeah, and you said that would be the case, eh? Yeah, and uh, Reese Walsh, the, 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 he's contracted until 2025, but they'll upgrade him as well. Uh, but, yeah, look, it, it, it's good news that he's he's ready to sign. He wants to stay and probably taking a little bit of under his heels. I mean... Well, in the fourth year, he might be, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, so I wonder if they do back-end it stronger. They they sort of say, right, yeah. what's well, 500, 600, 700, 800, you know, for your own mind. But he, he looks old, doesn't he, Ezra? How old do you reckon well, he looks? Well, he's 21. Oh, like, yeah, you're right. He does look older yeah, than 21. Yeah, 26 is something he yeah. looks, doesn't he? Uh, and uh, it's great when you when you do read his age and what he started to do. And they're saying Reynolds is on. Yeah, you know, that will probably be done before Vegas, before round one. That he'll sign for another year, and then we'd love to start the club. You you've run into him a few times at functions. I know you're pretty good mates with him. He's he loves Brisbane. The family's loving the Brisbane yes. lifestyle, aren't they? Yes, they are. And there's one you might uh, bring down without offending him. Yeah, at, in his last year. Where is the sweet spot there to to uh, be valuable for the salary cap and enough to to play your last year? I tell you who else is enjoying, and he spoke yesterday, Big Tino. Um, he and Dez, they look like they're forming a pretty formidable combination down there. Instead of me having to yell at someone for dropping a ball or whatnot, he's there to he's there to do it, and that's the same with me. If I'm making the error, you know, he's there backing me up and. Um, pushing me to become the best person I can be. And um, I love that, and it takes the pressure off me, and I just got to make sure that I'm, you know, I'm leading the boys on the field when it comes game time. Now, that's exactly right. You don't want the skipper at pre-season having to pick up blokes for, you know, a little bit of lackadaisical work, dropping a pill or something like that. Well, so, and, and, like, and Des is there now. Well, He'll kick all, their backsides. There's that's always great. been a coach there and a, and a forwards uh, coach, a backs coach, a defence coach and an attack coach. Hmm. So why has that been a pressure for him? Uh, for all the time, but it'll have unbelievable impact if he comes out of the blue with one, Tino. What the hell are you doing today? Get off. And if the captain sends you off and and your replacement player fills in at practice, look out. 
that was one telling piece of audio out of that. This was too that you know he's he's oozing confidence, and I know you're all going to say to me, yeah, every team in the comp, you know, I think they're going to win the comp. Well, at you, this said time. Yeah, you said that. You said that January or February. That's yeah. fair enough. But they do. But, yeah. you know, Tino's just, there's a little bit of confidence oozing out of uh, down the coast. I think we've got the team to do it. We've got the forward pack to do it. And um, this is probably the best preseason I've been a part of. We obviously haven't played any footy yet, so I um, can't talk too early. But what I've seen at training and training alongside them boys, we've been working really hard. And um, we've got a big mobile pack, which is um, positive, And I just can't wait to take it in the games and hopefully um, shock some people. Mm. It's just their workloads have been criticised mm. a lot. Quite rightly so, that big mobile forward pack. That forward so pack, if they know. get it together, they can do it. They can do it for sure. They're, and they've been surprisingly young. So they're now 23, 24, uh-huh. and with enough games to know what they've got to do, otherwise they'll be in trouble again. And so it may be there. Yeah, these young backs are getting a few more sparts about it. Oh, they've just got every game. And then they've got a four little fellas everywhere in the yeah. backs, haven't they? They've got a pack that should rival just about anyone in the comp. On sports day yesterday afternoon, um, obviously Sats and Rats, so Matty Rogers. Matty Rogers, and I love, you know, just tapping into his mind because he's so analytical about the game. I love listening to him. Have a listen to his take on the Ponga-Walsh situation. And what is it? When it comes to Maroons. Billy Slater has announced that he's open to selecting both Caelan Ponga and Reese Walsh for the Maroons this season. I, I think Reese Walsh attacks to the right side way better than the left, mm-hmm. and Caelan Ponga is the opposite. Could you imagine having Caelan Ponga wearing the 13 jersey and just having them both sitting out the back? What? On both sides. I never thought of the 13. I always thought he'd handle centre really well if we, if someone went down the centres or, you know, one will be. Valentine Holmes, who mm. primarily plays on the left side, I always thought that he'd probably be a centre or a 14, but I haven't thought about a 13. Now, you know what? In his debut, he went on as a lock. Could you imagine just having those two guys on both sides of the field? You've got Munster on one side, you've got Cherry Evans oh, on the other, it. and they've just got their shape set up. And, like, because you're always short a man. You're an ideas you got, man. Because you've got the fullback out the back, you've got the fullback defending at the back. Yep. Mate, it's, when I read that, I was just like, oh. New South Wales are in so much trouble. <laughs> <laughs> How good's that? Well, I mean, we've all been sitting back. How do you put Ponga and Waltz into the same 13? Mm. He's, and, uh, and he's just given us a thought. As the, and you as don't Matty have Rogers. to do it for super long. Hammer, hammer. You come off and, and you get him out of the centres and Ponga mm. on. And then you might put Ponga into halfback and give Cherry Evans a rest. And well, Hunt goes, they're, they're flipping between each other. Yeah, there's good versatility there. Yeah, it's uh, It's great. Will sure. Powell, a very good morning Will to Powell, you. <laughs> good morning, gentlemen. How are you going? Good. Did you know the answer to that or are you not an NFL boy? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. A lot of you young footballers love the NFL and the NBA and all that sort of thing, don't you? Yeah, there's plenty of us at the Suns that love it. Um, I've just never gotten a hang of it. I've, I think I got – Dimmer gave me a team uh, just the other day. I think he – Told me to start going for the Dolphins. Right, eh? Oh, oh, okay. In the the league or the NFL? (laughs) NFL. Oh, okay. The Miami Dolphins. Well, they can get their fins up too. Well, great to have you on the show. And, you know, we saw that awful ankle injury last year. How have you bounced back from that? And where where are you at with your preps for this year? I bounced back really, really well uh, from my injury. I had a similar injury. Mm-hmm. 
two years ago with the other ankle. So it was a bit of copy and paste in the <laughs> rehab department, really. And I had full trust in all of the department to get me back ready because I did it, did it the first time. So uh, back into full training and everything, uh, just the last couple of weeks and absolutely loving it. It's so good to be back out there kicking footy with my mates and doing the doing the thing I love most. Mate, because you're not supposed to wreck those medial ligaments of your ankle, eh? You're built to roll outwards. How, how was it? A, it wasn't such a big, uh, you know, roll, was it, when you when you did it? And those medial ligaments are tight and strong. Yeah, it was more of a just, I landed on it and it just yeah. popped. It didn't really roll, it just popped straight off. Yeah, it's <laughs> um, unbelievable. Uh, yeah, horrible. And then what's a, what's an absolute must for for you to be ready? What what have you had to go through and what have you had to put that ankle through to sort of prove your fitness? Uh, probably a, just an average Friday session in pre-season I've had to get through. another Just a 12K session of high-intensity speed, uh, change of direction, and just normal match play that mm. you... You, you usually get you have to replicate that to give yourself a nice big tick and give your brain some confidence in in what the surgeon and the physios have given you. So I've I've definitely had that, and we've got our first little match sim hit out on Wednesday, so that will give it a really good test as well. Yeah, how is your brain going? You, you're fine. You you know you've been here before. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was struggle straight early days. Because um, it was like, oh, bloody hell, another another injury, another yeah. ankle injury as well. Ankles are pretty important yeah. things in footy because it's what you need to run on. Um, but yeah, early days it was obviously a struggle. But now I've got I've got such good people around me. I've got a kid on the way, so that that took my mind yeah. off things. Um, and yeah, had better better things to think about, and I just got through. Uh, that's great news, mate. Um, well, was it you who told us your family had moved over from Western Australia? They now live on the coast. Uh, they moved over in my in my second year, yeah, okay. the year, um, but then moved back. So mm. they they still live in WA, but Mum's always said she wants to come back and move over. She loves it. Over oh, there. that grand, I was that grand child will do it, mate. Uh, I was <laughs> going to ask you about that, mate. I mean, WA, it's the other side of the country. We all know that. Is it tough because you came over here as you know, as a teenager, and and you've made your life on the coast. You've made your footballing life on the coast. Uh, how, how tough is is it? You know, how do you surround yourself with with good people to get you get you through life away from training and playing? Yeah, that's the that's the toughest thing about it to find friends outside of football to get your mind off it because otherwise you just revolved around football twenty four seven, and that's probably not the best thing to do when you're an 18-year-old moving away from home. Yeah. Um, but I, I really struggled in my first year. I was really, really homesick um, just because I was just a really raw, not-so-mature 18-year-old. Um, uh, and then I guess it helped. I played a little bit of senior footy in my first year. I think I, um, the second half of the season we had a few injuries and I got my opportunity, so that, that helped. And mum and dad were able to come over a couple of times during the year. Um, just to settle me in a bit, um, but yeah, it was. If they didn't move over in my second year for me, it would have been a lot harder than it is now. Well, yeah, I unreal. Um, 
but yeah, so I'm very, I'm very, very grateful for what they did for me, moving in my second year, and now I've, I've, ever since then I've just felt really comfortable. I've got a girlfriend that's lived on the Gold Coast for the last ten years, and I'm, I get along with her family really well. Um, her sister's boyfriend I'm very close to, and I've just made that friendship group outside of football now. Yeah, Good well. stuff. Hey, now, Heald's is great mates with a couple of your teammates, plays a bit of golf down there, etc. He's telling me that uh, the new coach, everyone is just loving. In fact, you didn't even want to go on Christmas holiday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds about, about right. There's, he's he's awesome. He's just like, it's so good. Just a, a new coach and he's got the runs on the board, so everyone's so eager to learn from him every time he stands in front of us and speaks, it's like, wow, Buck knows what he's talking about. <laughs> the game plan he's implemented is uh, it's so exciting, such an exciting brand of footy, um, and we've been training really well. And I think he's starting to get really happy with the way we're training, and it should be a very fun, exciting year mm. for the finals berth. Are there many positional changes or just structural changes? Is what is he What is he putting in place? Uh, I think it's just a just a solid game plan, and it just offense defense contest is just that's what it's based on. It's what footy's based on, and he's put in a really strong game plan. And we obviously trust him from the get go because he's got the runs on the board, and he teaches it as if you're in school. Like he's a really good <laughs> teacher of the of the game plan, so it's, it makes right. it really easy to go out and implement it. I read a great story about you uh, when you first started. You kicked, the, obviously, kicked the goal with your first kick, uh, which you know is a part of AFL history. But uh, you were on Pendlebury for a while as well, weren't you? And you were just in Auburn, didn't he? Grab you and say, "Boy, you're a skinny kid." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, first game. I've always idolised Pendles growing up. I was like, "Bloody hell, he's this awesome player!" So I run out onto the half forward line. He's on the half back line. Looks at me, grabs my little bicep and goes, shit, you're skinny, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's probably the best thing that's happened to me in footy as well. <laughs> Mate, you, you were 12. <laughs> no, he was. He was 17. 17 or 18, mate. Now, you've had 87 games now. I, I Stay injury-free. I'd reckon you're ready. Yeah, that's, that's the only thing, just to stay injury-free and – Hopefully I can play a full year of footy and stay consistent and it'll be, it'll be yeah. a good year. Hey, we'll let you go, but I know emotion doesn't drive this, but when you look around your training paddock day in, day out, and you see someone like Dave Swallow, who's been the heart and soul of this club for, for so long and he hasn't played finals yet, you know, is there a little you know, inkling inside you, you players you, as you get more experience and have said, Jesus, we'd love to give him a, you know, the, 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 the sort of send-off. And not, not that I'm sending him into retirement or anything, but... You know, wouldn't it be lovely to do something for him? Oh, 100%. I could talk hours about that, man. He's, like you said, the absolute heartbeat of the club. Uh, all the young boys, no matter what position you're in, you'd look up to that bloke and he just sets such a good example. And he's been through it all. He's worked tire- tirelessly. And just to give him a one... <laughs> Just a send off that he'll remember. He's probably still got another five years on. You know, I'm trying to send him into retirement as well, am I? Yeah. Um, but no, nah, like you said, just to give him the send off that he deserves would be absolutely unbelievable. And it's probably the least that he deserves as well. He deserves the world. Yeah, yeah just yeah. just the last third of his 
the last third of his career, mate, you can talk about. Um, now, uh, Ben King mightn't play the first game, but he, he's right to go. Uh, Took will hopefully be back for longer, um, but you've lost Jed Walter is there, for, for a couple of months. Is there any other injuries you've got? Uh, no, I think that's, that's about it. Jed nice. was very unfortunate with his collarbone. Um, I think Tukey's all right. Tukey's good. Yep. I think Kingy, he's, he's going really well. He's back into drills at training, so and he's moving moving around really well, really confident in his body. Yeah, um, okay. Uh, good. Hey, just quickly, you, you've been working with the kids in the off-season, I heard? Yeah, I've, I've tried to do this little kick-to-kick on a Sunday every fortnight or once a month uh, just to give back to the kids that come down and watch Watch us play. So, yeah, I'd just do a little thing down at, say, Broadie Cats or Palmy and just go down and have a little kick to kick with them on a Sunday for an hour. So I'll start, I'll probably keep continue doing that during the year and see how many kids can come down. Uh, yeah. Good stuff, mate. Well yeah, done. Hey, will. Yeah. Congrats on what's happened. I mean, I know you've had a couple of awful injuries, but I, look, Godspeed to have a, an injury free year, uh, get into finals and, uh, and just love playing for the Suns. Beauty. Thank you, lads. Thanks uh, for having me. And, Will, are you into your golf? Uh, I try and hit a golf ball. I hit about 140 every oh, every well. hole, but it's all good. <laughs> right, I will get that down, mate. I'll I'll, uh, I'll ask Braden Fiorini to include you next time, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. Cheers, mate. Thank you, lad. Hey, Will, thanks, mate. Great to have you. Thank uh, you. Bye-bye. Now on Breakfast with Pat and Heels, Heels gets his gloves off. And it sounded like Will has got a good handle on this through the adversity that he has faced, that the power of positive thinking is not as good as the power of positive doing. Um, Now, this was brought to my mind once again because the power of positive thinking wasn't enough to get Lana Rogers going in her career as an iron woman. It's always been a big statement of our famed performance psychologist, Phil Jauncey, um, and I now know it's definitely accurate when it nearly did claim that surf career of Lana until recently, again, her re-emergence this weekend, her home club being Noosa. um, I guess she's pretty used to training uh, with a coach in small groups or singularly, and after back-to-back wins, uh, COVID, an injury and a relationship breakdown, her performance stalled somewhat three years ago. Um, she was isolated and felt very responsible for all the time for pushing herself into training, then on the water in performance, then to the gym and then to rehab while performances weren't happening as expected. So then the doubts start creeping in. Oh, I'm done. I'll, I'll have to give this away. Never used to be like this. Um But fortunately, she spent some time on the Gold Coast and was convinced by Naomi Flood to train and now compete with them. And it's all returned. She watched youngsters aspire to be her at training every day. She had a group to push her, which was uh, hard but fun. And she had members and numbers of people to hang out with in between workouts uh, so that it that empty headspace had been filled with ambition and progress uh, rather than negative headspace um, where the coaches take over the pressure and responsibility of her performance so she could just concern herself with her craft once again and not all that responsibility of feeling average. So when one of our great professionals feels like walking away, parents, beware for your kids. 
It used to be fun, not heavy, or it needs to be fun and not heavy, whatever they're working at. So losses can hurt, but not participation. Even in the most individual sports, there needs to be a team environment, if at all possible. It stops overthinking and creates a lot of doing. Now, question to our listeners, what are some of the most individual hard training sports. We might be going to talk to a bloke who's right in the middle of one of those uh, in Matt Denny. Is it swimming? Is it athletics? What are, what else is out there where you just need to be careful not to be overthinking and being positive and aspirational forever? So 13, 13, 55, it's hard work. Right now we're going to talk Olympics. We're going to talk a man who's right in contention as he always is and he's still only a baby when it comes to throwing the discus. Matty Denny, a very good morning to you. Hey, fellas. Thanks for having me in today. That's a pleasure. Lovely to have you, mate. You're looking good. You're in good shape. Yeah, try, trying to Fit be. Ass. I mean, it's funny you make the baby comment. I've just, like, freshly shaved my face and my head, so I definitely <laughs> look like I'm a newborn. So, I'll but fully no, shaved down, too. Yeah, yeah basically. Yeah. Look, mate, I'm aerodynamic. I'm ready for the season. <laughs> Saturday, here we go. Now, um, you know I love these videos from the weight room. Yeah. What was it, 70 kilo that you were just tossing around like a little bag of chaff the other day? Yeah, we were doing um, 70 kilo uh, single arm snatches. So it was, yeah, in pretty good nick, lifting pretty well at the moment. So numbers have been up. But, yeah, the those those dumbbells are pretty uh, not wow. fun to mess around with, especially if you miss a lift or it bounces too far back onto your toes. So. At, at my gym, I don't think we've even got a 70 nah, kilo. you shouldn't have. <laughs> no, no gym has. I've been in a uh, NFL the Carolina Panthers gym, oh, yeah. and it had seventy five kilos. Yeah, I've I've got I've got we've got seventy five, and then that's all we've got. So I've got to ask QS to probably bring some more in. So what's more? Well, heavy ones. ones. Yeah, no, ones. <laughs> no we, need, we need to start getting up into the nineties. Well, I've got my my checklist for you okay. at the end to see how you're travelling in okay, all yeah, aspects no, of your. Preparation. No, that's probably what that's what my dad would do as well. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, what, what, you're one of eight siblings. What is yep. the gender balance? Um, so uh, four brothers, three sisters. Okay. Yeah. So it's um, it's pretty even as even as you can get. So yeah, it's it's a fun dynamic. Mm. Big families are definitely a different one, but um, different beast to handle. But yeah, they've always been very supportive of me, which is nice. And the youngest out at Alora. Allura, yeah. You just used to throw throw stuff and tackle stuff. Yeah, I was just that weird kid <laughs> sitting in the back of the paddock throwing rocks around. And no, I remember like one of the things when I was a kid, Dad and I used to. So like Dad had a um, like it was like a hobby farm, and we used to walk around the fields. Like I had to pick up, helping pick up rocks, clear the um, for you know being able to plant grain and all that. And we used to do big days, like two day weekends, where we'd walk along and the tractor would be in first gear, just idling along, and I'd have to pick up rocks and put them into the back of the tractor along the way. And I reckon that's probably why, like, I was so strong from a young age, just because, like, farm, <laughs> like farm strong is really a thing. And yeah, I still remember those days, just dad forcing me to lift rocks <laughs> all day, <laughs> manual labour. Any pocket money? Uh, no, 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 unfortunately not. No, I'll, I'll take you to next weekend's meet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, I'm like, like, fourth at the Olympics, he's knocking on the door. He's still got a long career in front of him, reigning di- uh, Diamond League champion. Yet Webby keeps telling me he's bigger out on the Darling Downs than Matty Dent. Oh, I think I think he still is, mate. I think he still is. He's uh, he's he's notorious out there, but um, I think notoriously troubled, to be honest. So. <laughs> You've got big fingers, bigger yeah. than mine. I got I got bratwurst for fingers. I was looking at um, my little finger, trying to 
because five centimetres ruined your life, didn't it? So oh, far. Oh, and I'm thinking, ruined. what's five centimetres? Like half your little finger, I reckon. Here, try, try that wedding ring on for a quick sec. When I got my wedding ring made, <laughs> they, said, didn't go on they a said, mate, we've got your, we've got your pipe clamp ready <laughs> for you. That goes on my thumb. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah no, it was, uh, it was, you know, I, I wouldn't say it was life life ruining. It was, it was definitely a tough one to manage and deal with, but it, it kind of... It, it is what it is, to be honest. Like, it, it was hard to deal with not getting a medal, but at the same time it came through in leaps and droves in, in regards to, like, media and, and being yeah. able to build, like, my, you know, profile around that stuff as 6702. well. 6702. 6702. the distance? You needed 07. Yeah. 08. The, I think it was... Uh, Exactly six months later, when we went to um, went to Europe and did some comps, I found the five centimeters and and got third at one of the diamond leagues. Uh, so I was like, okay, it was six months too late, but that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you got, what have you got? A PB of sixty eight forty three. 48, yeah. 48. You've cost him five again. (laughs) 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 You're so close to that seventy. Are you going to need seventy meters in Paris? Do you reckon? Yeah, it's a it's a pretty competitive year. This I mean, it's been a competitive year for the last four years, but um, it's it's the best era of discus coming up at the moment. So yeah, I think seventy meters is is where it's going to be to just to be in that kind of shape to be even looking at either a medal or um, or even winning. So I think I don't know seventy seventy one is probably going to be the minimum standard to win this year. Have um, you got that in you? I think we do. Like we've we've had a great off season and we we've learned a lot from last season. Obviously, I changed coach and. Um, in March last year and um, Dale and I have been doing some great stuff um, as well as uh, Joshy Humphreys and the rest of my team. Like we've had a really good process and this off season since the Diamond League, we've just really kept building on what we had and we learned a lot of lessons. So we're very keen to put it on display in the next couple of weeks. Like we've got these three comps coming up in the domestic season, Adelaide this Saturday and then Melbourne next Thursday and then Christchurch uh, the following Saturday after that. So be nice to get out there and have a hit out since Diamond League because I haven't been in the comp since then. Yeah, uh, so be nice to continue the the PBing fashion, but we'll see. But um, yeah, the you know the minimum standard for this year would be would be to get in that seventy meter range and put myself in the in the looking for a gold. So was there anything that clicked on that Diamond League uh, meet? That I wouldn't gave say. You first? I, th- I wouldn't say clicked. It was it was just more. You know, it was just a culmination of consistently building the season. I mean, to be honest, world champs where I threw the 68-24 where I got this round record as well at world champs for fourth, I feel that I utilised my fo- the form that I was in in Eugene better than what I did at world champs. Like I, I was in 70-plus metre form um, but just didn't utilise it. But, you know, for the Diamond League final, like I was I was at the end of my tether, to be honest, for the for the season. It had be been a long year but – I knew that I was in a chance if I just compete well, like we uh, could we could be on here and yeah, found it. So. I said to Patty last time you talked to us, you were heading to the south of France for mm, yeah. five days or something yeah, before yeah. you went back to that. Yeah, will the south of France play a role in the Olympics? Maybe we. So we we were basing in Nice, uh, Nice, France last year uh, when we were like doing all of our domestic season, but ah, uh, sorry, uh, international season, but. We do our holding camp for Olympics in Montpellier, so just slight like further. Like southwest um, mm-hmm. of Nice, so yeah, kind of kind of southeast of uh, of France, which will be fun. But um, yeah, I wouldn't say it's the worst place to be. It's, uh, <laughs> it's pretty nice down there, and um, you know it'll be a nice little camp set up. We're going to go to Madrid as well, leading up to uh, that camp as well before we you know lock down and go yeah. into pre-camp. Let's put it in perspective here. So the bloke that he's got to beat is a bloke called Daniel Stahl from Sweden. 
And Matty is a big man. That's almost two metres. What, 120 kilos? 134 now, here. 134. Well, Stahl is two metres. So what's that, six, seven or something? Uh, yeah, six, seven, six, eight. And about 150 kilos. 160. Is <laughs> Not to correct, but you've got to give the guy his kilos. He's a big man. Um, speaking of other big men, you remember Lawrence Okoye from um, yeah. Commonwealth Games, silver medal? Yeah. So Lawrence is here at the moment with me training leading up to this domestic season. So we've done the last uh, two weeks training together and he's, he's going to come to Australian comps, which will be fun. But, mate, that bloke's a huge human being. I mean, so like... People think I'm strong, right? And, you know, it's nice being at the QIS and everyone thinks I'm the strongest in the gym. <laughs> and then Lawrence comes in last week and we're standing around and he's like, I said, what do you got today? He said, oh, you know, I just got a bit of bench and a couple of other exercises, but, you know, nothing too crazy. Proceeds to lo- – so my PB for bench is 175, which is so-so in the discus world. He proceeds to load up 215 and just casually takes it for like a double. Nah. He's like, yep, all right, no, that's me done for time. I'm like, can you leave? Can you <laughs> not make me look bad in my own home gym? So he's he's good quality. But, yeah, compared to all these other fellas, I'm I'm definitely a smaller man. And like a double, he just does two reps. Just, oh, like, yeah, it was it because was he's coming off jet lag and stuff, trying to keep <laughs> your load, like your training load down. So, uh, yeah, he thought, oh, I'll just do a casual double for 215. Yeah, okay, so yeah. you're close to max a lot, like close to, you know, not lifting 10. 10 oh, well, reps, yeah, like the, the thing when you kind of get to this level of, um, of training is like, your light is still heavy. Like, even if you're doing a deload or like light training, you're still doing, you know, 200 plus kilos on your back at, at the minimum. And um, for bench, like living, well, for me, it's living above 140. But for some of these other guys, it's like living above 190, 200. Okay. So, yeah, it's it's a lot of stress on the body, but it's just, you, you get used to it. It's it's part of the job. It's what you sign up for. You've mm. got to be strong and you've got to be powerful. Not so. at my age, you don't. No. It's 7.41. No, we do doubles. <laughs> Icarus, one of our regulars uh, from up north. Paddy, I did rock picking, uh, which many resembled boulders. Uh, more than rocks in the old days. The farmer used to drive up the hills at about 30k an hour. <laughs> well, give yourself a rap, Icarus. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just quickly, a little bit of serious stuff for a while. I mean, you, you know, you're out there, we, we, we love you and all that sort of thing, but there's a lot of these young Olympians do it tough. We know the swimmers have, you know, good sponsorships and things like that, but it's not easy to make a quid while you follow your sporting dream, is it? No, I mean, it's... <sighs> Pat, I always say, like, once I started, like, it was very, it's very easy in Olympic sports to go, you know, we should be paid more, which I agree with. I think that, you know, for what we do it for, like, I I think it's pretty crazy. But at the same time, we love what do we do. So, but at at the same time, like, it's what we sign up for. Like, you know, it's, it's just part of the game at this point in time. And you want to change it as much as you want. And, and, you know, there's a lot of things that behind the scenes that a lot of athletes put a lot of effort into to try and make that shift. Um, But, at the same time, it's not you know it's not going to change in my lifetime while we're still competing. So you, you yeah, you, you just kind of got to block it out. You got to focus on the performances, and I mean that's why I put a lot of effort into my media stuff because it's something that I can do part like part time alongside while I'm competing, and it doesn't take away from when I'm training and competing, and it's very easy to do on the road. So yeah, 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 and and. You just need to keep developing your rugby leg and your cricket, like you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, you'll be in these studios for the rest of your life. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Did, mate, you, did you see my my uh, bowling skill in the nets with uh, Matty Renshaw the other day? 
Uh, I, I, I saw you at the training on social media. Yeah. Uh, mate, it was. I thought I was bowling over the top of my head and doing some like a l- little was, bit of swing, but mate, it was out the side. It was a full discus delivery. Yeah. <laughs> it was a full <laughs> discus delivery. It's hard to transfer that quick, mate. No, um, so I try my best. It's probably a new thing, Paddy and Maddie. Uh, you know the Twiggy Forests support and the Hancock prospecting support of Olympic yeah. teams. Is is it? Yeah, I think I mean there's there's always been um a lot of like support of different athletes like whether it's been for teams or whether it's been individual like I know there's um a couple of individual athletes that have had like good solid deals with um I guess companies or um individuals yes. like that. So yeah, sometimes that can either come from just networking and and learning, you know, a lot of those people really really love their sport so they just want to be able to get involved however they can. Yeah. Um but at the same time, yeah, it's, you know, I mean, the swimmers obviously have some pretty solid support there and, um, you know, athletics have some great sponsors as well. Um, but, yeah, there's definitely a lot of Olympic sports that are worse off than, um, you know, our main sports where they barely get any, uh, like, yeah. any funding outside of, you know, AIS or, um, you know, institute support. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, it's a, it's a hard one. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, it's to say an Olympics is – a amateur sport these days is a complete joke and, yeah. a, and a lie. Um, but, you know, when you when you sign these agreements to go compete in the Olympics, like it's, you know, mm. you kind of get viced in and there's not much you can do about it. So Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, we wanted through the show just, spot, you know, showing a spotlight and having you in for a couple of segments today is great. And we, we know what a great communicator you are. But we had Tori Lewis on last week. After, oh, great, you yeah. Know, and Amazing. she's fantastic, yeah. She's so good to get that Australian record and... I mean, it was great to see, you know, a, um, a photo of Melinda Gainford-Taylor and um, Mel Breen and, and Tori all together. You know, yeah. it was it was basically, it was 20 years between the uh, Mel's record to then 10 years between um, the last two. So it's it's awesome to see those those three together. But, you know, going to the QS the other day and saying congrats to Tori was pretty awesome. She was very stoked. She's a very shy girl, but, um, <laughs> you know, to just see her, you know, really put it together and, you know, she's a quiet achiever, especially in the gym. She just does her own work. She gets in there, gets it done, and and works hard. And to yeah, come out in the start of the domestic season with those records. How yeah, do you get your 120 kilos, 134 kilos uh, across 100 meters? Um, oh, I wouldn't say as effectively uh, as Tori. I don't know. I reckon I could maybe get into the 12s. Wow, you're maybe, kidding. Maybe in the 12s, but it would also take me another 400 meters to slow down. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be shifting gears like a You need an, like a a, you need an airport. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, need, we need to do it at Archerfield. <laughs> oh, yeah, God. because speed's so important for your for your yeah. Yeah. What what else is important? Oh, I th- what, yeah. What so do you got to put together? For for that's what kind of what made me fall in love with track and like well for discus and, and throws in general. You, you obviously have to be a really good technician and be good technically. But there's a lot of other things. Like you have to be very strong and you have to be very, very balanced and coordinated and you have to be very, very athletic and really, you know, a master and domain of those those worlds, like being able to be competitive with, you know, weightlifters and, you know, push the barriers mm. on what's possible strength-wise. You can't get away with just casually being in the gym and um, not saying like the sprinters and, and jumpers uh, are casually in there, but like the the focus on, on a gym aspect or like um, force development or you know, athleticism in the gym is very predominant for us. Mm. So, yeah, it's it's a big balance. And then you have to obviously be very flexible and, and move well while also being yeah. good technically. So 
it's a challenge. There's a lot of things to be able to do, but, um, you know, yeah. got to love the challenge. Great stuff to have you. you know, we've got to get to a break before the news, but uh, um, we, we might just chat off here and you can suggest another guest, someone that we possibly don't know a little bit about and you can give us of an Of course, answer. yeah. I'll have, a, I'll have a think and we'll find someone for you. All right. You've got a series of home meets and then uh, you'll eventually hit the road towards Paris. Matty Denny, we'll, we'll speak to you beforehand. But, mate, great to have you and thanks for coming into the studio today. Really appreciate it. No, thank you. Great to chat with you too. I always love it. My favourite show to come on. <laughs> ah, that's what uh, we like to have. Thanks, man. We've got Good to get to a break. We're at the point of the season with the supercars heels where we should be talking about the Bathurst 500 to kick off on the 23rd of Feb, so we're only a couple of weeks away. And we should be talking about all the Queensland teams out testing uh, yesterday yes. out, at, uh, out at Queensland Raceway. Instead, this this absolute, what's become a PR disaster uh, with Brody Kostecki and Erebus uh, continues to steal all the headlines. And look, very few are, are, are talking about it at the moment. It's all sort of behind closed doors, it's all behind, you know, hushed tones. Uh, but the the team that broke it is the Speed Cafe team who do a wonderful job. The founder is Brett Murray who spoke to us last week. Uh, Crusher, thanks again for joining us. Uh, can you can you make any more sense out of this mess for us, for our listeners? Oh, just that it's unsensical, uh, Paddy. Um, you know, it just it, it goes on and on and, and at some point, they're going to realise that they've got to do something, um, both at a supercars level and a team level. Um, obviously, there's some legal positioning from both sides. Um, Brody is playing a very straight bat, and obviously his advice is to keep his head down um, because, you know, more more than likely it will be in the courts if, if you know, if common sense doesn't prevail here. So, um, and, you know, and supercars handling the thing has just been abysmal, you know, like the way that this thing's rolled out and, and mate, um, there's more to come. There's no, there's definitely more to come. Well, there's got to be some explanations, hasn't it? It just feels like all these cracks have been there for a while, papered over and here's a chance to break it open. Like when, when you hear Scott McLaughlin's comments, um, he's not surprised. What, why would he not be surprised? Was he a victim of non-support by supercars? Uh, yeah, certainly he was. He had a major situation a couple of years ago, his last championship year, where he was, you know, there was some stuff in the media, um, the social media, um, you know, the trolls came out and there was no support and, you know, it really, you know, messed him around a bit um, as that, you know, that toxic social media stuff can yeah. tend to do. And, but, and, but if you look at... Yeah, yeah sorry, so go, go. It, it, it does get... Toxic within the supercars, and they're very, very opinionated, aren't they? The the supercars fans. Well, I think they are. They're, they're opinionated, and you got you know a very small, bad batch of them. Who, you know, who can get that toxic stuff going, like in any sport, I guess. Um, you've got to be able to control it, and I think. But you know, supercars putting out a, a statement about this, um, basically in conjunction with Erebus, which was which was false. I mean, you look you look at the situation, right? You look at these things unfolded. Coca Cola announced that they're out of the team. So Coca Cola, very conservative company, obviously massive brand, risk averse. They come out and said, "Yep, we're we're out." Basically, um, and you know they've got a long history in the sport here. They said that won't affect their other commitments to the championship or other parts of the sport. But you know they've got a long history in the sport, going back to the Muffet. The Moffat Mustang, the Wayne Garden, the Diet Coke days, Paul Morris. Yeah. You know, so they've got, you know, it's a big brand. You know, you don't have to be Einstein to work that out. Shore and Partners are a massive stockbroker, wealth management company who've got ties with 
Erebus, they've come out and they've done a similar thing, played a very straight bat, but we're out. Then you get Southern Cross truck rental, Steve Blackmore, looked at us and he was like so frustrated. He was the guy who's come out and said, well, this is a joke. He called it disingenuous. He said it was disingenuous from supercars because their press release was already on their website combined with Eris's pre- yes. press release. That was so coordinated. It leaves a bad taste in your mouth because at the end of the day, you're trying to make commercial decisions and it makes us look really bad. Uh, like we're jumping ship at the first sign of troubled waters and and that's not the case. It's been going on for weeks and weeks and weeks uh, and nobody's done anything. And he went to Speed Cafe to, to air his grievances. I mean, as I said, your company has been right in front of the game. The, Crash, can you put it down in a nutshell? What are you allowed to say on the public record is, is the problem here? I mean... Is he obviously just discontent with management or, or, or what? What can you say? Yeah, my Well, you know, it's obviously a, a, an environment that's just different to every other team and it, it's got to a point where, you know, he's just not going to take it anymore. You know, they've claimed mental health issues, all that sort of stuff, and, you know, you've got to be careful there to make sure that the kid's okay and it's all that. But, you know, he's a very strong bloke. He knows what's going on. I think he's just had enough and he wanted out and he's been talking about it for some time, for weeks and weeks, and you, you've got organisations saying, well, that's not the case. You know, it happened three or four days ago. Well, that's complete rubbish, is my understanding. I mean, uh, I mean, let's put it in, in other terms, Paddy. If, if an AFL footballer was having a, a drama with his coach, like a serious drama, and he went to the board of the football club and, and the board did nothing, right, mm. and then he went to the AFL and said, look, Here's the position here. Where what, what's the AFL going to do? I'll tell you what the AFL is going to do. They're going to go. What's going on here? Yeah, we need to sort this out and get it done because it's going to be bad for everybody's brand, which they pointed at. I mean, we're running you know our weekly per tech poll on Speed Cafe, and the question is, would Kostecki's absence diminish your enjoyment of Supercast? More than seventy-five percent have said a little or a lot. Seventy-five percent. Of course, I mean, then you've got other things. You got. You, you know, Erebus have got their, their fan base. They'd set up a membership base three or four years ago, and then they're offering refunds on that straight away. That the fan forum, because there's a couple of negative comments on it, got asked to change their name. And yes. then, you've got, then you've got McLaughlin and Van Gisbergen coming out and giving them a hammering. Like something has to be done at some point. Either we solve the problem, he's released from his contract, and everyone pushes on, or they're going to war in the courts because... You know, I mean, there's other, you know, we spoke about it the other day. I mean, these guys have probably got, you know, they've got, they are the champions. That determines what your merchandise looks like, how that works. They've got containers. I, I would probably think, and I'm guessing here, but half a million bucks worth of merchandise Jeez. to start to be sold at the first round, sitting on containers on a boat that's about to be landed in Australia, which is now all worth zip mm. because the way this is being, you know, rolled out. There's just, there's other things. There's, the ripples effects that affects everybody. Uh, it's a, the champ a, might sell it to you. He might be in the <laughs> in the concessions this year. Oh, but Brett, what do you reckon he's had enough of? What what, what is it that has gone oh, this far think, that like, they I couldn't solve? Like I think it all stems back to you know team manager. I think you know you know my take on it. My look at it is you know there is obviously an issue between the team management and him, mm. and the way he's been you know the way he feels he's been treated. And the ways, you know, there's, you know, it's just a toxic environment within that team. Mm. It's got to a point where he just won't take it up. He's won on the championship. He's done this thing. There's speculation about other stuff. But I can tell you that that I believe that's very close to the money and where it's at. Uh, it's very, 
It's that simple. It'd be like, you know, YouTube likes having a blow up. You've been mates for years, but you've had a massive blow up. And um, he said, right, well, we, we just can't do this. I'm yeah, going or, into or this studio. Put that much pressure on you doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, two different know. studios. You're going, to, you're going to the other studio. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you what do what do you fall out with management on? What are potential things? You know, are they appearances? Are they things you've got to do for people? What what? I think it can be as simple as the way you're spoken to, Hill. Okay. You know how much respect you're shown, and you know how much you know. Not necessarily credit publicly, but like some recognition of what how what's been achieved. Maybe other things oh. have gone in, gone on in the team from a, um, you know, that are totally not even related to the performance of the race car. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and this is the you kid. Know, that, you, yeah, and, and for the public point of view, this is the kid who's taken down Van Gisbergen. Yeah, you know, last year. I mean, there's no reason to Paddy. We said that we said the other day he's a ripper. He's a ripper kid, and he's a hell of a race car driver. Yeah, and I, I personally believe. Yeah, you know, they put a you know decent. Yeah, you know, they obviously got good mechanics, and they've got you know things that happen. But it was his ability because of how long he's been in the sport, what he did in America. He went over there, you know, as a, as a 16, 17 year old kid, tracing his dream and learning how these things work. His mechanical brain is better than, better than anyone else in that field. Yeah, no risk about that. that. Hey, and it was his ability to sort out that new Gen Three car that got on the championship. Yeah, good stuff. Hey, hey, very quickly, have we got parity? They've been to the speed testing over in the States. Um, Dickie seemed pretty happy when I saw him interviewed on the news last night that the Fords are going to be on a level playing field. Uh, what, what, what's your take? Well, they've got to be, Patty, because you, you can't have another year like you had last year. Um, you know, and whether that was, you know, um, everyone wants to throw arrows and blame, but, you know, maybe sometimes we don't look in the right spots. Yeah. You know, I think there was a cross-pollination of, you know, Ford, supercars, things that happened that, that led us to the position we were in. Um, that's got to improve because if it doesn't improve, um, you know, you might have one less manufacturer in the field. Yes. And, and they can't afford that. No, exactly. That's right. Right. Crash. What do you, what do you reckon – where to now for Erebus? They'll they'll just get, proceed if if Kostecki stays out. They proceed uh, without these sponsors, or could they be terminated? Well, he'll, the, the, the one thing about that team, it's <clears throat> Betty Klemenko who owns it, is an extremely wealthy, yes. independent, wealthy person in, in her own right. So, you know, she could run that race as she did in the early days. She could run that race team, you know. With the amount we'd spill on a Friday afternoon, <laughs> so um, and but at the same time, you know, she said, you know, she quoted saying, "I don't need sponsors originally," and then she realised the value of them, where it was at, and you know how that how it can actually work. Okay, um, so she can afford she can afford to run that team without a sponsor. No, no, and she's when she's one of the very few in that championship that can afford to do that. Yeah. yeah. Is she prepared to do that? She's won a championship. She's won a Bathurst. Has she, has she done what she's achieved to do? Um, you know, has her ego been tweaked enough by all that stuff? Has she, you know, personally achieved those, which I think she should be well applauded for. I think, you know, whatever managed to achieve has been fantastic. Yeah. And she should be applauded yeah. for her investment in the sport. But, you know, is it, you know, that something has to happen very, very, you can't, be that dog-headed about where we're going to go and what we're going to do. There has to be some decisions here. You either release the kid or you go to war. 
Um, you know, they're going to run at the first round of the championship. They've got Todd Hazelwood that brought in, who was going to be in a co-drive role. They brought him in for that deal. I mean, even some of their social media stuff yesterday, there's photos of, you know, smiling faces and all. It's just, you know, don't, stop treating the fans like idiots. They are probably the most, uh, when it comes to understanding what's going on here, the fans in supercars um, need to be given an enormous amount of credit. And at the moment, you know, supercars and the team are not giving them that respect no. right. Crash. across the board. Yeah. Brilliant. You know, your, your time and your insight is unbelievable. Um, the founder of Speed Cafe, it's, a, it's a, just a sensational website. Uh, they're always across everything. Um, Speed Cafe and Brett Murray. Brett, thanks, mate. Thanks, Brett. You're welcome, boys.